to episode of Crew 3 Podcast. I'm Rose Ruckman. With me, as always, are my co-hosts, Chris and Ricky. Gentlemen, say hello. Hey. How's it going? And, of course, we're sponsored by our supporters at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash crew3mtg. Check the button to get your names on all of our streams and videos. $5 a month gets you a piece of monthly exclusive content. And then $15, $20 international gets you our monthly swag bag mailing as long as you sign up by the 10th. So be sure to get that in if you want to get in on the mailing this month. And, hey, you know what? It's been a while, so I want to thank any new listeners, especially those who are content creators trying to escape the sinking ship that was the prospect of Paper Historic. So you're welcome here. It's time for us to teach you about the best paper format in Magic right now, I think. <clears throat> the landscape, exactly right. If you came here for your uh, your lulls, your pioneer education, here we are. We've been doing it since day uno. But, of course, I do think I do want to start off this episode. And, look, like we said, um, with the change in Paper Historic, obviously there's going to be a bit of course correction with other content creators. And we just wanted to sort of say, take a couple minutes to say, hey, look, be nice to everyone. Um, you don't have to go kiss the ring of your fishing bowls or your fighter series lives. Um, but don't be aggressive. Don't be negative either. Uh, the more content for Pioneer, the better. So if you see a big streamer, a big content creator, play some Pioneer. Feel free to retweet it if you want. Just be nice, okay? That's all yeah. we're looking for here. P- positive reinforcement is definitely the key, right? Like, yeah. I don't know that you necessarily like, – you can always ask for it in a nice way if you really want to. But, you know, when you see something like that, just tweet at them. Oh, I loved it. People love positive confirmation. I love it too. Nobody ever tweets at me and tells me they love me. You know, uh, I just want to put what? that out there. Just nobody – don't. I'm just not – I'm not going to make what? a big oh, thing of it. Just nobody tweets at me and tells me that they love me. What are you talking about? I, I tweet about you like at least once a week. Oh, you know what? Maybe you're right. All right, I feel better now. I feel better now. Uh, point being, go uh, go tell people that uh, that you love them. Go tell your loved ones. Also, go tell your uh, your favorite pioneer content creators who are you know now people are are running to the ship. You know what I'm saying. So the newly found pioneer content creators. There's going to be a lot of them. There's going to be a lot of people running to the pioneer bandwagon. We've already seen them tweeting and making stuff. So as they come in, just welcome them. You know, much many of them are much larger than us. So if we show them, hey, you know, we love this kind of content, they will keep doing it. It's that simple. Yeah. But once again, I'm not kissing nobody's ring mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. let's be honest, some of the pioneer problems could have been fixed already by now. If- they had taken better stances earlier on. Yeah, you you might be right. I definitely think mo- most of the time when I get upset, it's it's a Watsy thing, you know. Yeah, it's it's a it's a how is this handled? How's this been managed so far? So I've never really blamed the the content creators on it, though they were pretty quick to abandon the format. That that may be a little upsetting, but you know they were not as beholden into it as well. We again, I don't, I don't mind like a hey, we're not going to do the content because mm-hmm. my views aren't there, right? Like I get that you're trying to make a living. I get that, but right. like. Echoing the pioneers dead without, when not playing the threat was really frustrating. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Ricky, do you have any thoughts on all of our all of our ramblings here? Um, I mean, I I don't think that any content creator, no matter how big or how small, Watsi has ever cared about at all. Yeah. I mean, no, you're you are 100 percent correct, but I'm not worried about what Watsi thinks about content creators. I'm worried about the unwashed masses. Mm. I'm just saying, like. You know, when when parent when parent just leaves you alone, uh, but you know, once a year you get a birthday gift of a giant D and D chest. Still bad parent. 
<laughs> uh, yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah, I, I'm picking up what you're throwing down, and just I love it. Just because there's just because there's it. Jones Cola at the bottom of your D and D chest yeah. doesn't mean Daddy Watsy loves you. It just means that he bought you off this year. Uh, I gotta say that now that now that uh, Watsy's introduced Hearthstone cards to Magic, we have Ricky on our side. Ricky's always the one holding us back. We complain. Ricky's like, "No, come on, guys, reel it in." Not anymore. Ricky's now very angry at the Hearthstone cards, and I love it. We've got him. We've got him well, from now on on the on the. When you see game. new content creators, just remember, like, don't blame them. Watsy mm-hmm. doesn't listen to them anyways. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how many times they tweeted very years dead. Very. Watsy true. didn't ever look at any of those tweets and go, "Oh." Pioneer must be dead. No, no, no. Right. They, they don't care about anything those people say either. So just remember, look at your bracelet, uh, WWCD, what would Chris do? And after you've leveled up your monk class, just give them a like and tell them that you like the content. You know? <laughs> there you go. I, I will say as well, the, the State of the Arena game, let's not get hype about that because all they said, all they did was repeat what they've been telling oh. us the last year and a half and that, yeah, yeah we get it. Pioneer's happening. But like I said in the Discord, you know what I'd rather be told than, hey, Pioneer's going to be on Arena next, like, within the end of the year. Like, not the end of this year, but, like, in the year. I would rather be told, hey, a year from now, organized play is coming back. Here's the first 15 GPs. Like, a third of those are Pioneer. That's what I want to see. I, I 100% agree. I, I, I respected people's optimism about that. Like, I, I really thought it was cool. I really thought people that, you know, getting... Um, excited about that was a good thing but my fear was that it was kind of a lie right or at least it was a continuation of the lie you could tell how it was a lot of bad acting there where you know the intro to the clip started off well let's just talk first it was it was a question phrase directed at pioneer but um blake the guy who's asking the question is a great guy he's lived in austin for a long time had to phrase it you know in such a way that it was not obvious and the guy picked it up and was like well let's just let's just be clear you're talking about pioneer i know that's what you're talking about they're like well it's getting easier you know we had to program dice in and that was really hard you know random numbers are just so incredibly hard for us in our our three-person team who gets paid in coconuts so you know now that we've got that out and they were like you know i I've, I've got the master list of pioneer cards that i'm looking at it just none of it felt genuine so the problem is after being told you know things well, that gee, i sure hope truth, you have a list of cards yeah they, it hasn't changed in the last like year and a half if anything it's gotten smaller right with all the things they're printing and, and again you know this is i, I want to point out a little bit this is a little bit what i was talking about with the the massive delay was they were going to realize that, you know, hey, this is just a cash grab they can make and it's going to go more and more. So, like, maybe we get the best arena pioneer that we ever could have asked for in about five years time. And that's going to be awesome. But by that point, I'm just I'm not going to be as interested anymore. You know, like, I, I just don't don't count me in when we were been dangling the carrot for so long. So, you know, I get the optimism there. I think it's I think it's awesome to be, you know, excited about that. But I just I just felt it was almost a lie right there was nothing told that could directly be a lie but i can't wait to see it in the dirt sheets now just crew threes chris i'm not interested in pioneer anymore <laughs> five years down the line right i mean it just it's just you know what i'm saying like come on uh, you know what i'm saying well, again, I just, I did... by then by god hopefully organized play will be back in yeah, some we hope form so. we hope so uh, and, i would like know. to say you know uh what? like you know we're vac- I, I got vaccinated you know just sort of like the whole organized play taking a slow time to come back in paper, I'm way for that. Oh, yeah. Like, Especially now. next year, that's fine. Like, like I, you know, as much as it's easy to go like, hey, I got my shot, so heck everyone else. It's just sort of like, 
I would love, I'd love to be able to say that, but at the same time, it's just like, hey, let's just ease back in. I I like I signed up for the flesh and blood GP, but my my fingers hovering over the cancel button right now because of the whole Delta variant dust up. So we'll yep. see what happens come October. Sadly, we live in a state that thinks it's all just a big conspiracy theory, and so uh, you know our our state is contributing way more heavily to the percentage of of positive COVID cases. Would than you a lot of Would other you states, say so. the rest of the the rest of the states? Outside of us in Florida, are putting up rookie numbers. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't even know. It's just, it's just tough, right? Like, uh, it's, it's just the whole situation we're gonna do. It makes me, it makes me sad to think about it. Honestly, after all we've been through this past year and a half and trying to do the right thing, so I don't want to get in too much. But, but back to Pioneer, which honestly is 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 bittersweet, as I think last week you really nailed it. I mean, I really think that although we got some really bad news from Watsi, it ended up being great news for for Pioneer you know, the silver lining was uh, now all of your favorite content creators are talking about how much they love Pioneer again. <laughs> so how convenient right. is that? So you nailed it. I mean, it was ended up being great news for Pioneer in one way, you know? All right. So uh, I think it's time for a really, I think, interesting episode or take on What Killed Magic. And What Killed Magic this week is we're done just making fake magic cards now we're making fake shrink wrap to put outside of already open booster boxes <laughs> well it's, it's no longer a collectible card game as we all know it's now a collectible box game mm-hmm. the cards have no more value the boxes is what's the what's valuable so right. we don't it's not good enough to fake cards anymore like what are you gonna do like fake fake a tiamat like tiamat's mm-hmm. like what 18 dollars maybe seven cents tomorrow mm-hmm. like uh, just the box is going to be worth $700 in a week, you know? Yep. Uh, so just fake the box. That's all you got to do. This makes Put sense. Put some sands in there or something, right? This is the most logical sense. Uh, this is what happens when you your boxes are worth more than the actual products inside of them is uh, it becomes easier to copy them because we just have to copy the stupid shrink wrap that can never be copied. No one could ever copy the shrink wrap. It says Watsy on it. <laughs> my thing is though like the response of just like we're aware we've sent to the proper teams you've known about people faking cards for 25 plus years now and you haven't stopped that yeah they've made they've made minimal efforts because again it comes down to the dollar and they've done a lot of things to try and save money on packaging and they had those cards that didn't have the wrap on them for a while you remember that yeah. they were just in cardboard oh my gosh that was the absolute worst just in case anybody doesn't know do you want to explain because i know we, we do it was talk kind modern of horizons the, well the shrink wrap the shrink that, wrap is what i was talking about which one the shrink wrap situation that started this whole oh, the whole well, that's why i just that's why i just said people yeah. found, posted that hey people are selling fake like not fake right but they're essentially shrink like unused shrink wrap with the wizard's logo on it so mm-hmm. you can rewrap booster boxes Hell yep. yeah that post was making the rounds on, I think, Twitter, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, again, again, I don't know what the team is going to do about it, uh, except for, hey, two years from now, when the product that they already haven't made is coming out, are now going to be in lead-lined boxes. I mean, if it sells well enough, we're going to get a Shrink Wrap Masters. You know it, right? We're going to have Shrink Wrap Wrap Horizons 2. It's going to be sold in uh, big box stores everywhere. And inside it, you'll get special etched foil Shrink Wrap, you know? For situations uh, like that, so. jumpstart yeah. shrink wrap. Yeah, if it sells, there's going to be flat. There's going to be old old border shrink wrap that oh, has the old yeah. the old wizard tower on it. From exactly right for the old shrink wrap. Yeah, I mean, all I know is it's going to be huge. That's all I know. Huge. It's going to be huge. 
Yeah, yeah. You you know it's coming. If it makes a dollar, it's going to be selling. All right. So the rest of this episode, we're going to see time-wise. Um, I did want to take uh, the the time to do a, hey, Pioneer's looking real diverse, real beefy. If you want an example of that, go look at the league from today and I'll, I'll repost a screenshot of it. But if you, if you go look up the league deck list from eight two, um, it is a snapshot of everything like nearly viable in pioneer right now. And there's 20, there's 24 decks in that dump. So if you're looking for all, any sort of walk of life for pioneer playability, check out that link or f- go find the league posting. You're going to, like I said, everything viable in pioneer is represented. And that's just like the tier one to like tier 1.5, right? That doesn't cover the tier threes and stuff like that. You can go have fun for your local events with. So I do want to talk about building your sideboard, figure out your sideboard, but I think we're going to be a little time pressed this week for Chris, which isn't a big deal. We'll just talk about it next week. So let's get going into that pioneer metal meta game. Shall we? Mm-hmm. Well, and the pioneer metal, the pioneer metal game. Yeah, both like of those. Like Beyblades. Mm-hmm, exactly like those. Pretty soon you're going to have Beyblade Horizons 2, uh, also owned by Watsy. It's going to be coming to you soon. Uh, please, Chris, everybody knows that that is secret layer Beyblade Horizons oh, to jumpstart. Dang, dang. As much as I make fun of them, if they ever did a Beyblade MTG crossover, I would be first in line. Chris, do you know who owns Beyblade? Hasbro. Yes. Yeah. All right. Good. Just making sure. Do you think that I would be rightful Beyblade champion of the world if it I've weren't seen for some the documentary? You lost. <laughs> it. Listen. I may have. We all know that documentary was fake news, and you know the facts are the facts. The facts are I was cheated out of my win, and that's why. Okay. The, my, the facts that you were cheated out of the win because you were twice the size of everyone else there. I was twice the size. I was a well-fed Texas. Texas young man, I, uh, you know, I, barely, I lifted weights. Barely, barely inside the age bracket. Barely inside the age bracket, but my opponent was doping. He knows it. I knows it. Everybody knows it. He pay, okay. They paid the shoddy ring designer. They paid They paid the crappy engineer who made that stupid stadium. In a regular stadium, I would have won, right? Let's, let's would not have been a contest. I, I am rightful Beyblade world champion, and there's no way I wouldn't know all of the Beyblade facts, you know, it, be like in this position. I was on ready. record here. All jokes aside, I really was a runner-up regional champion of Battle Spirits. <laughs> really I was I was once. sixth place regional Battle Spirits champion or something. Like <laughs> nothing, that. nothing beats you know friend of the show who is state champion of Chaotix for just showing up and then the store owner being like, "What event?" <laughs> oh yeah, I guess you're the state champion, kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's no joke Some, uh, a friend of the show showed up they were, I, I don't know how old they were at the time but they showed up at this store for the chaotic state championship and the store was like "What? excuse me what event <laughs> so one angry parent phone call later and they were state champion with a lot of free product <laughs> you gotta love it remember remember the time when karens were a good thing you know what i'm saying like oh, you, gotta, you gotta love it you gotta love it hey pioneer metagame pioneer, pioneer, metagame. pioneer metagame all right our 14 day pioneer metagame starting in 12th place we have mono black vampires at 3.2 on the meta number 11 white green angels at 3.4 in the meta enigmatic fires at 3.4 in the meta and then in ninth place, we have blue, white, and soul with 4.5% in the meta. Third, or sorry, third. Eighth place, we have the four color Sylvan Awakening decklist 
at 4.7% of the meta. Mono Black Aggro in at number 7 at 5.4% of the meta. Rakdos Pyromancer 6.2% of the meta in the number 6 place. Our top 5 years, we did we are control at 6.9%. Lurus Burn at 7.1%, sharing with Spirits in 3rd place at 7.1%. Second place is it Phoenix seven point seven percent, and then Niv to Light at nine point two percent. But surprisingly missing from here because it was only in fifteenth place exactly at one point seven percent of the meta is of course I think our big winner from this weekend, which we'll talk about. So let's get into these challenge results because we have three events this week. That's right because Friday was a big PTQ, Saturday was regular challenge. And then Sunday was a super qualifier. So there is a lot of event results to go into. So let's take a look at Saturday's PTQ. In eighth place, we have Rastaff with Luris Burn. Seventh place, uh, Caprischioso with Jund Sacrifice. Keep an eye on that deck going forward today. Bullwinkle 6705 with Four Color Awakening. Fifth place, Medvedev with Mono Black vampires fourth place oscar franco with niv to light third place ism guys with blue white in soul second place zonast with rakdos in first place enter with mono black aggro so nothing really surprising here outside of most of those deck lists but let's dive in to that seventh place deck list with Jund Sacrifice, because I think this deck will be setting the tone for other events going forward, especially with Sunday. So obviously, Jund Sack has been a deck that kind of crops up every couple of months for a few weeks here and there, and it kind of goes by the wayside. But the big push for this deck is in Avengers of the Forgotten Realms. It picked up Prosperous Innkeeper. So our deck list here is four Elvish Mystic, four Llanowar Elves, four Priest of Forgotten Gods, four Prosperous Innkeeper, four Catacomb Sifter, two Clothis God of Destiny, four Mayhem Devil, four Woe Strider, one Corvold Fey Cursed King, four Collect Company, three Bolus's Citadels. Gentlemen, what do you think of this deck list? Prosperous Innkeeper is quite a good card. Yeah, I like I've this card I've been thinking a lot about too. this card a lot. It makes the treasure, and then also it's a Soul Warden, so it'll, like, during, during house, when you get the house, mm -hmm. uh, you just sort of, like, it gives you back, so for two life, you get one real mana to spend on other things. And then from now on, all of your spells off of your house are going to cost one less. All your creature spells off the house are going to cost one less. Collected Company is probably going to cost two less life. Well, I mean, Mayhem Devil, not Mayhem Devil, Woe Strider and Catacomb Sifter are two less, right? Oh, you're right. Two less life. So you don't have to play like an Explore package like you used to play when you played the house build. Mm-hmm. Explore, not venture. I'm going to mix those mechanics up for eternity. No, that makes sense. I think I think you nailed it. I think it's kind of lets you play more of the you know um, utility creatures and and you get more of this. This deck it definitely differs a lot from the historic version in, in what you have access to. So I think the prosperous innkeeper making it so that you could really go off you know with your citadel um, way more consistently. I think really helps because we don't have as many of the guys that are like oh when like when you sack something they you know take one you gain one type situation right mm -hmm. we don't we don't have a lot of ways to gain life so the the access to life gain is actually really huge and this is a cheap way to do it and it gives us a treasure with it to accelerate honestly though i'm a little surprised mm -hmm. and something i always want to change about a lot of jund lists that i see can we play just four like lanowar elf and then four goose i'm pretty sure it's better 
you know, you you might be right. I, I I'll bring it up in a minute here, but the Angels deck list, I really do think needs to drop Speaker of the Heavens and needs to pick up Goose. I think you know I played a lot of Green White Angels last week on stream, and Speaker of the Heavens was pretty underwhelming. It was typically a win more. So you know, once I already had enough life to activate that thing, I, I was pretty much getting the game anyway. So I thought Goose was a great way and interacts with you know the food token interacts with the book of exalted deeds um it helps you accelerate into your cocos right you know a lot of your coco decks i realize pretty much need an elf and even just that one goose change i think really would help the the angels deck but anyway back to jun citadel though i think the big thing here is what kept i think food better food poised over the citadel deck for the while was that cat oven sort of kept you in the game against the aggressive matchups mm-hmm. and prosperous innkeeper does the same thing right it keeps your life up yeah mm-hmm. same thing with clothes clothes can help you gain a little bit of incidental life this is a card not super consistent but impressive the same card mm-hmm. clothes is great i picked up some uh a couple constellation foils Ooh. yeah they look awesome uh, is there anything else in this uh, this challenge you all wanted to go over? Actually, I did want to shout out 10th place, uh, David Inglis, who, again, uh, we did, I did have a special episode recorded at one point. We had some audio issues, so hopefully I'll be able to, through the new work schedule, get them in on something sort of in the near future. Um, so big shouts to them for that 10th place finish in the PTQ. Another point out, you know, always Mystical Dispute in these challenges seems to be the number one played card, but I like seeing number two. Uh, you know, I really mean the rest of the cards be diverse. And number two is Expressive Iteration, which I think is starting to make a lot of sense. That card is definitely really good and uh, excited there. Number five was Treasure Cruise. We're seeing a lot of that because of the Rise of Combo. And one thing I'm surprised doesn't make up a bigger portion of the metagame, given how frequently see this, Chain to the Rocks. Chain to the Rocks acting like a little mini path to exile in our format. And a, a lot of the decks I think you're wanting to play at least Jeskai Colors to have access to control aspects in blue and card draw, but then just red and white because Chain to the Rocks is so insane. You know, mm-hmm. you get sweepers, you get everything like that. So Chain to the Rocks, pick them up now. I'd also like to point out that uh, Zonst, playing Rakdos, mm-hmm. is main decking a go blank now. Mm-hmm. We're just going for it. Or well, our opponent's not, they're going blank. Uh, <laughs> we're going for it. We're like, going it's for just, it. This is scary. This is a what a time to be alive as a player who wants to hold cards in their hand. That's how you win the mirror. Is the go blank? Dude, it's how you win a lot of games. Honestly, <laughs> I don't I like as a Phoenix player. Um, as as somebody who identifies as a Phoenix player, <laughs> I can tell you that I have nightmares. I wake up sleepless because go blank. So just please take it out of your deck. Uh, I promise you. Uh, you'll be fine without it. You don't need to worry about my treasure cruises or my phoenixes or all the cards in my hand. I please, please, please. I believe Stop. it's Phoenix Eye. Phoenix Eye is how you pluralize that. I mean, Chris, the reason why though Mystical Dispute is number one <laughs> is because Expressive Iteration is number two. We have to we have to counter those iterations somehow. Mm, is that what we're countering? Is that what yeah. we're countering? Yeah. I mean, look, I most most cantrips, right? Just let them have the spell, but Expressive Iteration. No, no, no. You want to counter that one, I feel like. 2 OP. I mean, it, digs, it gets people to their land drops more consistently, right? Like, that's what I see people cast it for. It's like, I see people cast it on three, and then when my opponent doesn't make the land drop off it, I'm always just, like, perplexed. I'm like, wait, that's not how you play that card, you know? Yeah. You always play it on turn two, to, or sorry, turn three with your two mana up to hit your land and uh, go from there, so. You guys play that card on MTGO. I play it on Arena. Now, is it as bad 
on First MTGO all, as how, it is. How dare you mention that program in this podcast? Yeah, yeah, you're sleeping in the alley again. That's for sure. Yeah, we've been we've been really nice the last like sev- like the last year, but you're going back out in the alley. Mm-hmm. Is it as bad as it is on Arena as it is to play on MTGO? Because on Arena, it asks you like just the world's dumbest questions. Uh, to be completely oh, honest, gosh, it's just like which of the following cards would you like to place within your hand and not on the bottom of your deck? And then you pick one, and then it shows you two cards, and it goes, which card would you like to add to, and you're just like, oh, I want I want this card. No, no, no. Which card would you like to add to the bottom of your deck? Yep. yep. Yeah. What was that, I, that card from um, the the Viking set that was like, hey, would you like to add this back into play or not? That's what it should say. And instead it's like, oh, do you want to activate the ability? And if you hit yes, it comes back into play. And it's like, no, 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 I wanted to keep it back out of play. It doesn't ask you whether or not it wants you to return it to play or not. It just asks you if you want to activate the ability. And it's Chris, like, well, wait, what does that do? When, when you played Angels, did you make sure to give chat ample time to look at the cards? <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, we always okay, let good. him look at the collect company. You always always have to look at the cards. Mm-hmm. And the real question is, I forgot to rewarn you about it. Memtugio screws you with where it places the, do you want to put these Coco creatures into play? Yeah. Yeah, I'm the lucky. no is right where you want to click yes. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. I, I screwed that up. Some of the early recordings we did, where I was like, "Do you want to cash this card off of uh, off of Spellclaw that your opponent got that you definitely killed to cast your own spell with?" And I clicked no, and I was like, "No, I didn't want to. I didn't know what it was asking me. I'm so dumb, you know." Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that is it for the PTQ. Let's move on to Saturday's challenge. Our top eight Sahakvik with blue black control hamuda with a jeskai list that is uh jeskai insole was it i thought it was the other jeskai list there's a jeskai list going on we're probably going to talk about here in a minute sure uh sixth place chanaktun with selesnia angels fifth place ramzamela seven with blue black control fourth place laser beam with is it phoenix third place uh what is this Aid Bevois with Rakdos Arcanist. Zuxa in second place with Mono Black Aggro. Okay, that's weird. Usually it has Mono Black Aggro instead of the regular bees you use for, for, uh, for vampires. And then in the first place, Neko, Neko, Neko. I want to give him a knee because you always have to have the Neko, Neko knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Jund Citadel on top for this challenge. So where do we want to start here with this challenge? Can we talk eight? about this 8th place Demir Control list? Let's talk about the 8th place Demir it's Control list. hot. Yeah? Break it down for us. Okay. Four thing in the ice. Okay. I'm already in. Okay. You've got me. You don't have to say anymore. We like to see one Ashiok Nightmare Muse in most control lists, right? Yes. Yes. How about two Ashiok Nightmare Weaver as well? I'm throwing Ooh. them in for free. Hold on. Call now. And you get three, count them, three Narset Partner of the Veils. Yours free. Wow. You're crazy. Just pay shipping. There's no extinction events in this deck. There's no Shadows Ooh. Verdicts. No Wraths at all. We are, like, playing Salundi Visions as a two of. What does that card even do? It's a blue land that comes to play tapped. But also for three mana, you can look at the top six cards of your library, reveal an instant or sorcery, and put the rest onto the bottom of your library in a random order. There's like a one of Spell Pierce, a one of Collective Brutality, uh, a one of Dig Through Time, a one of Commit to Memory, a one of Search for Iscanta, two Baleful Mastery from Strixhaven, which is Mm. four mana instant exile target creature, Planeswalker, 
uh, but you can pay two mana for it and your opponent gets to draw a card, uh, which they probably won't because we're going to have Narset in play. Ha ha. Right. Got it. <laughs> um, for Shark Typhoon, this deck is not like, we're not like sitting and waiting until finally we can land our one of Ashiok and slowly erode our opponent's deck, right? This mm. is a like, I'm going to shove this thing in the ice. We're not even playing Heartless Act to combo with our fourth thing in the ice anywhere in the 75. Well, this is honest magic right here. We're flipping this the old school way. This is some Magic the Gathering. I just want to say, this is some Magic the Gathering. I I don't know if I want to play this deck uh, or fear this deck uh, or a little bit of both. Uh, as a blue-black control fan, I have it built and I always consider taking it out to Pioneer Knight. This is a new take, and I'm interested to try it. But is it number Wang? It might, in fact, be number Wang. I think this is blue-black control for people who don't want to wait around for a 30-minute control game. Fair enough. You know what? That's a that's a pretty fair assumption there. Do they typically right. have four Thoughtseize main decks, too? I noticed that, too. I Dude, was like, four Thoughtseize thought main. Four Thoughtseize main deck. I mean, that's... That's committing, right? We're disrupting I mean, the opponent. If, if so. you look one deck down, right, Harry thirteen, who is like the blue black savant, is the the tum as the um, uh, Tiago Saparito of blue black control. This is the normal blue black control. This is the, my dad's blue black control deck. He got it from his dad. We've been playing it for years. We're we're not even main. We're not even mainboarding thoughtsies in this. No, of course not. Why do we need that? Like we've we're fine. We've got sensors. We've got. Uh, you know, we got negates. This is a this is a good solid control deck. You know, we got oh, our wraths. This I think this points to a new place in the metagame because I wonder if if this is really onto something because a lot of times like you can just get away with your one for ones. Like how many decks are really trying to overload the board? Like your green decks just aren't around anymore. Like Bard Glass is trying to right. Like definitely Bard Glass. It seems like this deck might have a hard time against. But the amount of decks, especially in that top eight, that are really just coming at you full force with creatures. Not very many, right? Like, mono black, you could argue, but even then, like, if you kill the right creatures, you know, you can definitely survive and get your own threats down against the Jun Citadel deck, which was so popular. You're definitely trying to disrupt their combo-ish pieces, you know? They're, they're not going to beat you on a fair plan a lot of the time. You're going to be able to get your Typhoons, your Planeswalkers down. So this was a sick meta call, it seems like. It's interesting to me, and it's a nice, like, you can easily just quickly transform your blue-black control deck to this if you want to play a, a quicker... A tournament or a different take on your blue black control. I feel like you want the wraths against the sac against the citadel deck, just to exile everything away. And the angel decks too, but yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I could I could see it. Um, I could see it being useful. But I think my point is like you know by that point that's like your recovery tool, right? Like this deck is hoping to head that off by playing thoughtsies to get rid of key pieces sure. to disrupt the key pieces, right? Like so. You know, maybe it doesn't just because of the surprise factor that that deck offers, but it was just an interesting angle, I thought. You know what I'm saying? Like, All right, this yeah. seems like an interesting week to not need Wraths. Like, against Spirits, you probably need Wraths, but they can they can a lot of times stop you with their own, you know, disruption, either counter spells, um, Spell Queller hits E to Extinction, right, or whatever else. So maybe they were just like, hey, these cards feel bad sometimes. Like, I'm only hitting some of my opponent's creatures, not all of them anyway. So if opponent's being smart, maybe they're playing around Wraths that you don't have, too. Right. If you don't get to see their list, you know, you may not have E2 Extinction, but they don't know that. Right. Opponent doesn't know you're not playing any wraths at all. So they're probably going to play around it. And by doing so, they put it right into your trap where you're you're teched more into targeted removal and disruption. 
how do you how do you guys feel about like I, I, I really love seeing, you know, um Hamuda here just putting in the reps and the work and is consistently in this in the scrum of the challenges within Soul. I mean that's that's kind of like a, a feels good, right? Like and Soul's been hanging around in Pioneer since day one and having black stack, you know, it's not the same version we're used to that it started off as, right? We're playing the blue white version here, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I definitely love the fact that uh, some like s- version of in the soul is still playable in this format. I like the, the black staff build. I, I don't know. I might've slept on black staff a little bit during spoiler season. I think you definitely slept on black staff. Um, you know, uh, you know, I might've said some hurtful things about people who enjoy black staff, but you know, uh, it, it is good. It is repeatable. I guess I just read it wrong or something. I could never make a mistake uh, without it not being my fault. So it's always Ricky's fault. Um, yeah, Ricky, that took a lot of personal growth. I think you can not sleep in the alley tonight. Oh, thank you. Even the fifth place Demir Control deck is a more like normal Demir Control list. All right, we're going to move on to our Sunday challenge and super qualifier. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Pioneer Truck Rally. Fink 64 in eighth place with Mono Red Aggro. You love Tenji in seventh place with Niv to Light. You hate to see it. Uh, Canister in sixth place with Mono Black Aggro. Moyashi 0904 with Jund Citadel. McLean in fourth place with the Jeskai Ascendancy Sylvan Awakening deck. Third place, Triosk with Jund Sacrifice. Second place, Connor M426 with Hidden Strings in, which is just like down and dirty, just basic kid strings or basic uh, Lotus Field combo, right? No, we left the we left the Ultimate Games at home. We're just playing just mom and dad's uh, Lotus Field deck here. And of course, first place, M Blazer taking it down with Jund Citadel. And I want to point out off the side here, you look next to uh, metagame summary. Black, red, green, Jund, Citadel, three decks, all three in the top eight this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see seven total, but three in the top eight. That's a that's a sick conversion percentage, you know. This Wait, deck where is you, where is do you see seven? To, where do you see seven total? Just on the right where it says metagame summary. Yeah, you're the one above it is it. There's only three Jund lists. Oh, you're right. I guess this is uh. You're looking this at is another the, color. You're looking at the Awakening deck. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I was. Which uh, all, all six of those seven are, are in the bottom. But hey, it's still top 32. So, you know. That's it. That's it. I mean, so, Jun Citadel is insane. Yeah. Is, is in, do you think, all right. So here's the question, right? This happens a lot in Pioneer. You know, everyone's usually playing whatever decks they'd won the last challenge. And then a deck like Citadel comes back and makes splash. Also, Ricky, I want to point out, Ricky and Chris, first place, M Blazer. What do they got there? Four goose for you. Exactly. As God intended. Is God pro goose? Is that what you're telling me? Yes. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I mean, this card does a lot, right? Like, it gets you the mana one time, but the utility of life gain, I think, is definitely there, you know? And, and the fact that it gets you any color in our three-color deck. Uh, the, the mana's pretty decent in Pioneer, for sure, but it can definitely be a little inconsistent, so. So, my question for you is... Is this going to be a flash in the pan week for Jund, or is Prosperous Innkeeper going to be enough to keep it around? I think it's a real deck. It'll always be a real deck. I don't think it's not ever been not a real deck in the format. Uh, I think Corvold is an extremely pushed top-end card. Bulls of Citadel is a very nice War of the Spark era card. 
Yeah. Um, like prosperous innkeeper just means you don't have to rely on the like the the cat oven combo. Prosperous innkeeper just is gas. Yeah. I definitely so. think that like without the cat oven combo and just like relying on Citadel, I think it really loosens the impact that Graph Digger's Cage has against this deck. Like shutting down Coco is a big enough thing, right? But mm-hmm. also shutting down their cat oven, like you shut down two big keystones of the deck was a pretty big deal. With Citadel, like you don't care about Graph Digger's Cage. Actually, hold on. Do you? I mean, Let me double check. Let me double check cage. Melissa Citadel casts cards from the top of your deck, right? Okay, so it still does work. All right. Yeah. Cage, uh, is, one of, cage, cage is one of those cards I always forget the wording on. Grafter's Cage is a card that tells you what the rules of the game are. That's right. You can't <laughs> cast spells from graveyard to libraries. Yeah. Never mind. Bring your Grafter's Cage in, everyone. We've been say, I've been saying this for a while now. Don't forget Grafter's Cage. Bring it on. You were telling me just before the before the podcast started how many I should be playing, or I should just keep some on my desk at all times, just yeah. in case just in case a wily John Black play, John okay. Sack player shows I, up. I watched eight hours of training videos today. My brain is fried. Look, you side out. Should have Grafter's like, Cage those training videos. Citadels. Like in the Grafter's Cage matchup, you're fine. Just side out to Citadel, bring in your two more Corvold, the ca- the Favors King, and just kill your opponent by casting a five mana overpowered dragon. Yeah, it seems like we definitely. If it seems like opponent messes around, we're just going to murder him. You know, yeah, like we're just going to get him with our with our interactions anyway. Which is what I think this deck, you know, has a reasonable backup plan of just you know the the sack effects deal so much damage that a reasonable sideboard play you have to transform a little bit. It's not the best plan, but it, it's something, right? And Gilded Goose helps you with that, right? Because it sacks off the food. So if you can wait, you know what I'm saying? You can yeah. you can make a, a reasonable effect there. If you've got ways to make your opponent sack creatures, which I don't think we have, but yeah, you could choose to play them if you wanted to. It could be a cute way to do it. And even as uh, as Chris recently uh, pointed out, you know, everybody's trying to play one-for-ones now. Shaper Sanctuary makes the one-for-one one game really difficult to play. I've, I've always been in on Shaper Sanctuary. It's a card I always thought was really underplayed in Pioneer sideboards. And also, even if there's a Grafter's Cage in play, you can still tap your Bolas of Citadel to nuke your opponent from orbit. That is very true. Mm-hmm. Cool Cage, take 10. Also, take another 10 for my Mayhem Devil. Yeah, Mayhem Devil triggers. Ooh. So. so much chaos. I think that it's uh, always always a good good fun time. Yeah, I think what's important with this is even when it goes away, like a lot of the pros come back to it because they've played this deck so often in standard and historic and whatnot, and and they know the deck right. And as we've been saying for a long time in Pioneer, there are so many viable decks. If you just know your deck really well, it will get you a long way. So pros tend to show back up and do really well with this deck because of their experience on it, right? They played it across multiple formats. And definitely, I feel like a lot of that, you know, a lot of format knowledge comes from knowing your opponent's decks too. You know, you can still get an understanding, right? At least you can you can be at some kind of advantage. So I do think this is a deck that kind of goes away and pops back up depending on the hate, as does, you know, a Lotus Field, right? As does the Jeskai Ascendancy combo. As people choose to hate it out, you know, those decks kind of come and go. But... This is kind of a point where they're all being played at a level where you kind of have to respect all of them, and that's kind of tough, right? You only have so many sideboard spots, spots, sideboard spots. One of them is going to be a companion. Some of them are probably going to be, you know, a wish board or something like that, depending on what kind of shenanigans you're up to. And you know, you can't plan for all of the semi combo decks out there, right? Well, okay, so so then let's let's take a minute, right? Yeah. 
we're not going to go full on into building sideboards. Let's give it, let's give a little, a little tantalizing tease for next week's episode then. Sure. Um, and just sort of talk about, you know, right now, what, what would you play this week and sort of what would your, what would your sideboard look like? I want, I want Ricky's opinions on this one. If he's ready to go. What would I play this weekend? Yeah. And then like, sort of give me like, what are your, what are your thoughts on your like sideboard right now? And then we'll, we can well, do a bigger deep dive in sideboarding for next week. I'd like to say that sideboarding, thanks to Wizards of the Coast and their new card design, uh, you only get about like a good six or seven actual sideboard slots now because the other slots in your sideboard are now in your actual deck. Mm-hmm. Um, you're very much at always, most decks, not most decks, but I mean, at least like two or three decks in the format can easily access their sideboard uh, from the main board. Right. And I like playing those decks because it's sort of broken and uh, it's a lot of fun being able to tutor exact pieces that uh, take out decks. Um, but I'm definitely looking at playing like a Lotus Field Hidden Strings deck. We see we saw one do pretty well in uh, the challenges here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would definitely be on an Alpine Moon okay. for sure. Um, and I think with all these creature decks floating around that want to play Collected Company, um, we can always put a Graft Digger's Cage and Anger of the Gods. I think those are like cards that are really important right now. Um, just making sure that you get all those creatures out of there. Like, just exile them. We're not recurring them. We're not escaping them. They're gone. But then from there, like, once you get your Alpine Moon, you got your Graft Digger's Cage, you got like a, a number of Anger of the Gods. Of course, you got to play your Mystic Disputes because you got to counter. Uh, excessive iteration and opposing mystical disputes yeah and then you know if we got room from there we got to play uh the cards that we actually need to win the game because we got to play our approach our jace our into the abyss our nine lives our wilt our void snare then like thought distortion sure so like with decks like that it's really complicated with the sideboard because you've got it like you've got to dedicate at least six slots to like how you're winning the game through your wishboard. Mm-hmm. You know, if we were playing a more normal deck, I do think cards like Blood Moon, or not Blood Moon, but Alpine Moon, if you're in red, are very important. Grafter's Cage is pretty good if you're not already going to be casting Collector Company or Bowl Citadel. So uh, things like that was what I would yeah. uh, sort of go at with sideboard. Yeah. Uh, for me, obviously I'm playing some sort of Bard class variant. Um, I'm going to say we're still playing... Gigantha here, but I do like the version we're seeing now come out where they're dropping Gigantha. Um, so I'm just going to still say this is the decklist I was going to play on the webcam challenge. Of course, real quick, though, before I forget, the next webcam challenge will be the first Saturday of September. So get ready for Saturday the 4th. The signups are already available in the Discord. Um, anyway, so like my play sideboard was, even though, you know, I can generally plan a little more of a condensed sideboard for focused in on our, our local webcam meta, but I do generally just play like what I would have my sideboard be if I was going to say like a Grand Prix or a PTQ this weekend, right? Because I do think having the prep for those types of events and building your sideboard with those in mind to keep a little sharper as we hopefully get to some form of events coming back here in the next six months to a year, whatever that be, if things, you know, take a better turn. So I think I'm looking at, you know, like Ricky's saying, I'm playing probably like two Alpine Moon for just to take care of the various book decks. Uh, we have Graft Digger's Cage for all the Coco variants and now Jun Citadel. Um, I'm playing Magma Spray for our aggressive creature matchups. 
I'm playing some rending volleys for spirits and things like that. Also, it helps against the angels matchup there as well, which is really nice. Uh, probably a couple cinder vines. Uh, I think cinder vines is a really undervalued and underplayed enchantment removal because also you can just and an artifact removal because you just get to bring it in against control decks as well, and it's always going to be relevant as a, as a sort of pinger whenever they try to play their spells. Uh, I'm still a fan of playing one Toski. Um, again, if we're playing the Gigantha variant, you're probably playing Chandra if you're not playing Gigantha, uh, but Toski is a good one as well. And probably either another Clothis or some Scoos, depending on how many slots I have left. Yeah, it's fair. I think um, I'm torn on whether or not I'd want to play a Collected Company deck or just jam the um, the Insul deck. I think I think either way, you know, I really want to have access to white sideboard cards. They just they do a lot right now. You know, you between your rest in pieces, declaration in stone. Um what I was finding last week when streaming was some of the decks I was playing didn't have access to like just general permanent removal. It was like, oh, I was getting got by like a random planeswalker here or there that I should not have been soft to if I planned properly out of the sideboard. Um, but I think you guys hit most of the high points. The thing that I wanted to point out, because I, I keep seeing this with a lot of players playing black, is just for right now. Go find the card Cranial Extraction. Go look it up. Um, any card that does the same thing, stop playing it. Don't play it right now. Wait. Wait a long time. I, I had multiple players play that against me when I wasn't playing combo decks. That card, Those type of effects, no matter what they do, are not good unless your opponent has one way to win the game. And and I saw it way too many times where I was like, my opponent I think just meant to like right-click and concede the game, and it said they were just casting like cranial extraction effects. And it just gave me so much tempo. Cause it's like, even one time I had a card in my hand that they named, it didn't affect the game at all. Right. They time locked themselves because they tapped out all their mana. They played a card and it did nothing to the active game state. Like those cards are only good against decks that are doing nothing. And they're beating you late game with a combo. And, and in those type of effects, right? Like in pioneer right now, Alpine moon eliminates some of those decks, right? Um, Cards that stop people from playing multiple cards in a turn stop those decks. So whatever combo you're trying to target, target it a different way because I'm seeing way too many people play those play those cards the wrong way, and it costs you games. If you play that card and it does not win you the game, you you a lot of times you you mulliganed right. You discarded a card, it did nothing, and you know also you gave up your turn. So I just cannot emphasize because I had multiple opponents just you know lose the game based off that. Those cards aren't good. Use other targeted effects to to eliminate your a combo plan, at least for now, until we see a deck that, that deserves that kind of hate. Yep. Stop right. playing Necromentia. <laughs> Stop it. Get I recently help. lost a game casting Necromentia because I cast Necromentia and I named the, the cycle payoff card. What's mm-hmm. it called? Zenith Flare? Zenith Flare, yeah. Uh, it was against uh, a one, a one uh, Door Monster Ian at an FNM. And he had two of them in his hand, and he got two zombies and to go with his already 3-3 fox. And I died very badly. <laughs> You're the was... guy I'm talking about then, Ricky. You're the guy. You were the guy. I, he just like... Uh, Wait, Ricky's the guy? Apparently. Yeah. For free, for free, on my turn three, instead of playing cards to my board, uh, I decided to give my opponent four power of beaters while they were already on the beatdown. All right, well, Junie's the guy again after that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this abbreviated episode of Crew 3 this week. But, you know what, it's a good one. And again, you know, don't feel like you got to kiss the ring to the people who are entering the Pioneer Content Creator scape. But, uh, you know, still be nice to them. 
you know, retweet the big creators, get people watching yeah. their their fishing bowls and their fight series lives and just embrace more pioneer content. It can only be good things for us. That's it. Let them know we appreciate it. All right. We will talk to you all next week. Where can everyone find you on the socials, Chris? Hey, you've been uh, more of you have been following me, which thank you very much for doing so. I'm sorry. Also, I'm I want you to check Twitter. your Twitter. I want you to check your Twitter right now. <laughs> that you tweet that you love me. All right, I'll, I'll check it. You can you can find me at it's underscore Christmas uh, on the tweeters. That's mostly where I'm at. Without the T. Yeah, Christmas has no T. All right, Ricky, where can they find you? At also Steve on Twitter, and you can check out my YouTube channel at Doormonster on YouTube. Awesome. You can find me at Crew3Podcast on the Twitters. And, of course, you can find me on the Crew3MTG Twitch page. I'll be taking back up the stream mantle. Chris is still more than welcome to stream when he wants to. I know he's got classes soon, so we'll see how schedules line up. Also, uh, going forward, at least until I move early next year, um, I'm going to try to keep a hopeful streaming schedule that I've already tweeted and shared in the Discord uh, but just the nature of my commute right now and just getting married and things like that right now, it's going to be a little dicey here and there. So um, while I get back into the streaming schedule, expect not magic every night. We're probably going to stream a little bit of magic, um, but we're probably going to stream a little non-magic as well, just to relax and stuff like that. So uh, bear with me if I can't make a streaming day. I just can't make it. That's just the way things have to be. But again... It's all streaming for fun anyway. I'm not trying to take over and be the next ninja of magic streaming. So with that, thank you all for listening and welcome to all those pioneer content creators. We'll throw you out. We'll throw out the life jackets and hopefully you can make it onto our non-sinking ship once again. <laughs> there we go. We'll talk to you all next time. Bye. 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 Bye.